Hello, and welcome to the seventh episode of PSA, a marching arts podcast. This week we are visited by Jeremy O2, who marched at Legacy, Veritas, and the Colts, and now teaches at Veritas and currently does audio engineering for Avon and Will for Blue Nights in 2020. Thank you so much for listening, and here's the podcast. What's up, everybody? Episode 7 of PSA, a marching arts podcast. Wait, we're a marching arts podcast? We're something. Yeah. Today, we're joined by audio engineer and bass drum teacher, Jeremy O2. What up? You're a man of many skills. I like to think so. Are you the Swiss <laughs> Army knife of the uh, the indoor and outdoor community? Yeah, a little bit. Like, get a little bit of the media stuff, some, like, acoustic with the bass drums and then electronics. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to think of, like, an actual Swiss Army knife with, like, all of those things. Yeah, so it's, it's like, like a camera, <laughs> like, like you've got, like, like, a, 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 a USB out. cable, or, like, a, like a, an XLR cable. Yeah. and like <laughs> A little microphone. Yeah. <laughs> like a drum key. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Swiss Army, work on that. Get that together for us. <laughs> yes, Switzerland, we need this. <laughs> Okay, so what got you into the activity, where did you march, what did you do with your life, and what do you do now? So, I started band in middle school, like most people do. Uh, I actually started on clarinet, which not a lot of people know about me. Yeah, <laughs> so I played clarinet all the way up until like sophomore year of college. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say, like, sophomore year of high school. I was like, oh, that's fine. To be fair, if I played clarinet, I wouldn't want anyone to know either. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's something that you kind of, like, shut away. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I did uh, band, like, concert band in middle school and, uh, like, high school. And then I started playing bass drum my junior year of high school because my uh, school started an indoor program. And I was like, hey, this looks kind of cool. So, Where did you go to high school? Uh, so I'm from New Jersey. So I went to South Brunswick High School, which none of you guys have heard of I've probably. Heard, I've heard I of know South that. Brunswick. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. yeah. I actually have. I, I worked at Cadets, oh. so I've heard of all those. Like, oh, yeah, U.S. bands New and all Jersey that. stuff. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I went to South Brunswick High School and did marching band there, uh, mostly on clarinet. And then, yeah, we started in an indoor group my junior year. And then my senior year, I was going to go back to clarinet for marching band. But then the bass three quit like three days into band camp. So the director like kind of pulled me aside and she was like, hey, do you want to like play bass drum? We know you're one of the only guys who like knows how to play because you did it last year. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, why not? So I played bass drum my senior year for marching band. And then here we are still playing bass drum slash teaching. Uh, but I played in the Purdue marching band for four years on bass drum. And then for drum corps and WGI stuff, I did Colts in 2017, um, Legacy in 17 and 18, and then aged out at Veritas last year. Oh, nice. When you were at Purdue, did you get to hit the really big bass drum? I did, yeah. Oh, hell so yeah. When I've, you're, I've hit that too. Yeah? They ended up BOA once. It's fun. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty loud. Were uh, you the bass drummer? Did you put it on and like walk around with it? <laughs> no, they have like a crew of six, sometimes I, seven people. I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen. They have, like the helmets too. It's yeah, great. it's the whole like it's a whole thing. It's a huge uh, like alumni uh, like magnet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were. I was at Purdue this fall and I saw it and I'm just like, I knew that 
it existed and that this bass drum was like a hype for the school, mm-hmm. but I had never seen it in person. And then I was absolutely floored. Yeah, it's it's pretty big. It's the world's largest bass drum. So wild. That's yeah. right. Bring it into WGI. Come on, yeah. make it happen. Somebody has to put it on the floor. <laughs> so what what did you study at Purdue in your time there? Uh, so I studied electrical engineering technology, mm-hmm. and then I was also minoring in uh, theater design production, which is where I got like a lot of my audio experience. Oh, yeah. So kind of bridging off of that. So like, what made you want to to traverse the for a lot of people, the overly complicated plane of audio engineering within the marching arts. Um, so I kind of became involved with like marching arts audio stuff at Purdue because the marching band has like a technology team pretty much mm-hmm. where it's like student run and they do like all the videos and all the like audio type stuff. So for two years, I was like the head of the audio for that. And I kind of just became really interested in it and doing the whole uh, like soundscape thing. Uh, because one year we had a Halloween show and the directors were like, Hey, what if we had sound effects with this? So me and another guy like made sound effects for this Halloween show. And it was just like so much fun. Like we set up all the speakers for it during the show and all that. Um, and that's when I like was like, okay, this is really cool. Like I want to do this. Like it's becoming more and more necessary across like all levels of the activity. Right. To have someone that's like experienced in audio engineering to run all the audio because it's just becoming more and more important like you yeah, have more use you have horn line members mic'd up you have like snare I've seen snares uh, yeah like the Blue Knights 2017 mm-hmm. was it 20 yeah it was 2017 where they had the snare solo that was electronic like, yeah. yeah there's so many cool things going on with electronics and like audio engineering now that I feel like it's really like important to have that as right. part of every ensemble well, there's so much of like the trickle down effect of DCI that like what a lot of like world class drum corps do Everyone in any facet of the activity ends up doing to some capacity right. within a decade. And we're now hitting that trickle down that, like, no, every single high school has, like, a soundboard. Yeah. Like, like it's not just, like, well, only the ones with a lot of money or with one marimba player that they want to be louder than one marimba. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty much everyone. Yeah, for sure. So I, I guess, speaking of that, you do you also do audio at Avon, right? Uh, yes. So I was the audio engineer at Avon High School for this last marching band season, um, and then I also do their two drumline ensembles, uh, the world class group and the A class group, and then also I'm with their <clears throat> their wins group. Um, so yeah, I'm there a lot. <laughs> How are their shows this year? I haven't seen them at all. They're all three really cool. Like the wins group specifically. Incredible. So, yeah, like, so as a percussionist, like, I never really paid too much attention to wins, like, the last few years, but just, like, getting to be more familiar with that now, it's really cool. Like, I love the wins show this year. Nice. They're killing it. I yeah. saw them at the Indie Regional, and, like, mm-hmm. holy crap, they sound good. Yeah. Sound, like, world, like, independent world class. Yeah. They really could. Like, they could probably... <laughs> They're, uh, joking, they're going to jump independent. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there, there have been groups that have done that before. Like, like there, there are groups? high school groups, like school, or scholastic groups oh. that have jumped and done like independent open. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. Do they at that point like accept community members? Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, yeah. interesting. That's happened before. So it's just it's been a district thing. It's like um, sometimes, especially like when you think about it, a wins group. It's like um, it's already so hard to get. People, like, if you're an independent world, 
wins group and it, like sometimes even scholastic groups struggle with this is, is it's, it's hard to get people in mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, and you know we we go through the same process every year at X and trying to get the same people but as well as like getting better people getting, it's always, yeah, it's yeah, always the struggle but it some of the stuff and shows that are coming out I'm, I'm excited to see Amachi this year in person oh yeah um, come over but like I'm just I'm excited to see some of the win shows at finals this year mm-hmm. um I'm also excited to see a finished Rhythm X wins show. <laughs> in time, in yeah. time. Yeah. So, like, what are the different challenges that you face as someone who is an audio engineer for these groups? Like, how different is it doing that for a marching band compared to a percussion group, I guess? Um, well, I think the biggest, like, challenge uh, just kind of comes down to, like, the setup and teardown. Because uh, obviously, like, you don't have all day to set up your sound system for a show. Um, <laughs> so just getting the students to know exactly what to do, how to do it in a really efficient manner is definitely, like, probably one of the most important things. Because um, when you get past the, like, initial initial setup of the system, it kind of maintains itself, or it should maintain itself anyway, minus any, like, level or design tweaks that you might do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, doing like the setup and teardown is probably one of the bigger challenges. But obviously, like with anything else, the more any group practices that, the easier it gets. So. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. How would you contrast doing like doing audio production for like a marching ensemble versus like you talked about doing theater and such mm-hmm. in school? How different is that? Um, I guess the biggest difference between like a theater production and a like a marching ensemble is just the, um, like the portableness of it, I guess. Yeah. Like for a theater production, you have a week where the whole crew comes in and just sets everything up. Like you mic everybody up, test things out, put all the speakers where they need to be, cable everything. And then it stays there for the course of the whole like semester sometimes, like Mm -hmm. the whole course of the production. Um, but for marching band and like indoor, uh, indoor groups, everything has to be able to be, as I mentioned earlier, like, torn down real fast, um, and maintained, like, when you speak of DCI, just all that stuff taking a beating the entire summer, like, you need Mm -hmm. to be able to maintain anything, like, wires that go bad, speakers, all that kind of stuff. Rip to all the electronic equipment at Allentown in 2018. (laughs) Yeah, especially Mandarins. Dude, rest in peace, Mandarins. (laughs) Moment of silence for that. (laughs) Oh, my God. I just remember watching that show live and just like seeing the tarp that was on the electronic stuff like blow off or something and it was just like watching like like thousand dollar bills just like flow into the air so jeremy talk talk a little bit about like i don't know I'm, i'm always interested to hear people's like inspirations and stuff like did you have anybody inspiring you to do the work like both in audio and then like what you do at veritas you know, teaching the bass drums and doing media stuff like, like certain people or shows. Like, mm-hmm. what what inspired you to to continue in this activity? Um, I guess as far as uh, audio stuff, definitely like have to mention the Blue Coats in like twenty fourteen and fifteen because yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, like most people know, I'm sure like that really sparked the whole like electronics renaissance i guess i could say mm-hmm. uh, i like that I, I, I really like that i think electronics renaissance is a good depiction <laughs> in the big yeah. timeline of dci 
electronics renaissance is one of the big points. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember watching uh, the 2015 show, and they did, like, the looping, and, like, the speakers on the field, and that, that like, blew my mind. I was like, oh, this is, like, really cool. Um, yeah, so that for audio, I guess. Um, for teaching? I don't know. I guess I would have to say, like, my past, like, bass drum teachers... Specifically, the two I had at uh, Colts, Dre and Benji, like, mm-hmm. definitely want to give them a shout out because they made, like, learning and, like, just being, or, like, getting good at bass drum, like, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I just really want to, like, pass that on to kids that I teach, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Nice. I didn't realize Benji taught at the Colts. Yeah, he did in... Um, he did for a while. Really? Yeah, yeah, 16, 17, and 18, and 19. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wild. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just don't follow his life closely enough, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Because you guys are like, the, you guys have the, uh, the IU-Purdue rivalry going on. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was funny because we were both uh, like base twos at their marching band. Yeah. So we're like, uh, like we made that a thing. Uh, the like, dueling base twos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh so gosh. we give each other crap all the time about like IU and Purdue. It's fun. <laughs> nice. You marched with Jay, right? Jay Uh No, he marched a year before year me. Before you, okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh-huh. I almost got to work with him at Matrix. He's a oh, okay. Guy, yeah. So. It's fun, dude. <laughs> we can talk about the Dane show this past weekend. The three of you were there. You, a lot of you saw. I mean, like, a lot of you saw a lot of groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are what are shows that are most hype that were at Dayton? Rhythm X. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I couldn't know. Who? Without yeah. unbiased opinion. Yeah, unbiased. unbiased. Completely unbiased. So, like, half the people here work for Rhythm X, and the other half work for Veritas. <laughs> um, so, that being said, tied for first place, the best two shows in independent world right now are Rhythm X's and Veritas's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Hello. Um, we're about to talk about some individual shows from last weekend. Not all of us have seen all of these shows, and none of us have seen them more than once, except for like the groups that we work for. So we do end up talking way more about a couple groups and, and skipping over entire classes. Um, not trying to like erase all of scholastic percussion or anything, um, but we just talked about Independent World and then a few groups we really only talked for like 45 seconds about it and realized that we knew nothing um, so we really only end up talking about a few. We're not trying to erase groups. Uh, they're great and loved. We just simply don't know enough about them to talk about them in a way that's presentable for this podcast. Honestly, I guess we need to start, uh, Innovate. I liked Innovate. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I'm glad that they, like, got to the point of the season that they're actually doing shows, and, like, I'm excited for them now. Because, like, early season I saw things happen with her truck. Right. And I knew that they had problems with their housing site. And, like, I was worried that there was going to be an Innovate this year. I don't really know any of the details behind the scenes of, like, their organization. But, like, that they did a show feels exciting to me. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like, I wasn't expecting to hear Billie Eilish. Yeah. So that was really cool, hearing Billie Eilish in a show. Yeah. I'm expecting to hear a lot more of it because she's really popular at the moment and, like... Apparently, it's not impossible to get rights to her music, so, you know. That's wild. Yeah, like, it's crazy. It's I'm, hard. I don't know. I feel like, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like I don't usually hear, like, popular music this 
close to it being like this close to relevancy. popularity. Yeah. yeah, there was there was a kind of situation like that with uh, Guardians in twenty eighteen. They were using um, they did the Damn album. Well, they did. Yeah, they did the entire Damn album. That so they did a you know a show dedicated kind of to Kendrick. Yeah, they had Kendrick some Kanye Lamar. West in there. Yeah, too. they had Kanye yeah. in there. Um, it was really really like not out there, but like. Interesting to see it implemented in what we do. Yeah, it was like, like really unique. Yeah, you know, and it wasn't a bad show. Like I really enjoyed it. Um, and they had a guy like going through his verses like at, during the show, yeah. like live during the show, and it was just like wow. I love that. I love that we're implementing like modern music, like hip hop and rap and like pop. Yeah, I feel like it's really cool hearing that. You know, in yeah. our activity. Well, and it's like when you get someone, especially like Billie Eilish with. I mean, you can elaborate on this too, Jeremy, but just like, I don't know. It's just like, I mean, it's the, kind of the same thing with Adam Watts. It's like when you get someone with such yeah. a unique voice that both has a, almost like a, not sinister, but a darker connotation. Um, it, it's cool to kind of implement that and what, what we do to kind of create. Kind yeah, of for sure. As like another like texture, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was trying to think of the word, but couldn't think of it. But. I feel like, I hear like a lot of like, Guards, I hear a lot of guards do like Adele or like things that Sam like Smith. feel yeah. Sam Smith yeah. is really popular with like guard, um, because you have this like beautiful melodic timbre mm-hmm. that you that, but like even then, like Adele hasn't put out music in the last couple of years, yeah. But like Billie Eilish just won what she won album of the year, right? She won like four, she won, yeah, she won <laughs> literally in for 2019, yeah, like. Before she had won, like, during the year that that album came out, Innovate designed their entire show around it. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see that show. Yeah. Their uniforms are... They're, they're cool. You they know? wear blindfolds like, for a part of the show, don't they? They were wearing blindfolds. The whole show. The, the whole, whole show. show. No, no. They, the whole show. They, they were wearing from them for the whole show. They were also wearing them coming in. So, like, oh. loading and unloading. That's so cool. But are they, like, the see-through blindfolds? Yeah, yeah. Yes. 100%. I'm assuming. They have to yes. be. Yeah. Yeah. That makes no sense. <laughs> I, like they're just like, all right, guys, full blindfold rep, let's go, and then you just hear like, yeah. like that would be pretty cool if they did have blindfolds that you couldn't see through. Yeah, the or it'd be show. cool if they like It'd put be them deep. on right before the show started, so it looked like they were like blindfolded. I don't know. They're like <laughs> pulling the tarp. They're just like yeah. feeling around. They run into each other. They can see perfectly well the whole time but they have to like really put on the show if yeah. you know the drill well enough you don't need your eyes anyway so true, it's, true, yeah. true. it's not like they have a drum major to rely on they just know they just know where they need to be yeah just they go to your dot they don't even need just it. go to your dot <laughs> yeah. they can hear the other people like playing around them um and they're like at that level of a one-on-one listening environment that they can just like hear every single person on the floor and they won't hit each other <laughs> You know, I first saw their uniforms and I thought it was just going to be a bird box show. Yeah. Uh, I was like, that's, that's about a year too late. That's what it looks like. That really is what it kind of kind of looks like. The, the the vibe that, you know, I didn't think about that until now. But I, I like looking, <laughs> thinking about it, I'm, I'm going to feel. There's also a heart in a box. So that's. Cool. Oh, they do. Impl- okay. There is I, a heart. I saw the box. heart it's in a bird heart. their, their <laughs> uniform reveal that James Purcell did. Yeah. Um, I love James with my whole heart. I still so I still good. love seeing him this weekend and then being like, hey James, how's it going? And I just hear, James, go. He's quiet. <laughs> He's so quiet. <laughs> I love him. So he volunteers at the Scouts like a whole bunch and he just takes a million photos because he likes to do it when he's like volunteering in the food truck. And I've had at least five or ten people come up to me and they're like, 
Oh, yeah, so your media team is, and then they list the media team, and they also include James Purcell. And I'm like, no, James just takes extraordinary photos and volunteers a whole just lot. Just for fun. Just for fun. Um, and he's just casually better than me, but it's fine. <laughs> Honorable media team. Honorable media team. Um, he's like the one person that, like, so, like, if James posts an album, like, without hesitancy, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can just, like, share this from the scouts because, like, I trust the quality of all of his work. Yeah, it's so good. Um, whereas, like, not every single band parent always falls in that category. And James isn't a band parent. He has no formal connection to the core. He just There's volunteers. Like, he's a good dude that likes he's, to volunteer and likes to take photos. Yeah. And he also has an adorable cat. He does! Um, back when I was living in Mount Pleasant and had Gary, uh, we would just send photos of our cats to each other because we both had black cats. Um, and I love him a lot. Uh, but he also works at Innovate. He does admin stuff there because he lives in Louisville. Um, he works for the University of Louisville as a music librarian. Hell yeah. Um, so he did a, like, a, he did a uniform reveal for them. And I saw this heart and I was like, I don't know if they're just, like, really trying to hit this edgy vibe or, but I'm glad to hear that it's actually part of the show. It is. Yeah. At the very end. She pulls very a heart end. out of a box and... She has a heart in a box. What's the next group we can talk about? Veritas. We can talk about Veritas. Yes. I like Veritas' show a lot. I like it too. I would it's hope so. one of the more unique shows I've ever seen. Yeah. So the show is The Art of This, and the whole lot of the concept is, like, it's kind of like an esoteric, it's an Ike Jackson show. Yeah, I texted, I saw it, and I texted Tony the second it was over, and I was like, yep, that's an Ike Jackson show, and I mean that in the best possible. What way. are other like? I guess yeah. for people that might not necessarily know who Ike Jackson is, like what are other very well recognized Ike Jackson shows? Uh, what is Ayala. the core? Anything by Ayala. Anything by Ayala. Dark Ayala, Sky. 2018 might be one of my favorite shows. Yeah, ever. and then also Dark Sky, Mandarins, and then the Mandarins. In the last like, how long has he been at the Mandarins? Uh, he's been there for a couple years. Like they've okay. been they've been implementing kind of what Boston Crusaders did and and having like a five year plan. Yeah, um, since like seventeen ish. Yeah, I think so. I think I think seventeen was the first year, and then obviously eighteen was the big jump into finals. Yeah. yeah. So, um, speaking of Ike Jackson shows, my favorite one to this day still is Wins. Uh, the point of it all. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Point of it all uh-huh. is the best, one of the best percussion, artistic shows that I've ever seen in my entire life. It's brilliant. Yeah. They have moments where, like, it's it's very much a. I don't want to say antagonistic, but very like, you know, trying to get the judges to think yeah. a little bit, <laughs> a little bit well, deeper. And I feel like that's so much of like what Ike Jackson's productions are. For yeah, sure. and that's a lot of what the art of this is. is yeah, you kind of want the audience to think a little bit. Yeah, you kind of want the judges to think a little bit and see more than just like the surface level. Yeah, a whole lot of the show concept is like. There's more than a surface level to this. Yeah, mm-hmm. like there are multiple things going on at any one time. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what's happening with uh, Veritas this year, right? Because you yeah. have, yeah, you have exactly. a member of the ensemble who's building his way up, yeah. you yeah. know, the entire show. And it's which, kind of this, it's this like visual representation of that, that you have this like quite literally this surface level breaking through, like he's the most visible thing without comparison. Mm-hmm. Like he's the only character in white. Like, yeah. Yeah. Everyone else is wearing all black, and he's exclusively wearing white and has, like, some, like, white paint on his face as well, whereas the other members have, like, a, like, a line straight through, like, like, dissecting their face straight through the middle. Mm -hmm. It's, like, a whole lot of, like, okay, you have this, like, very visible performer, and you have this very visible, like, top layer, 
that's not like the most technically demanding. That's not the most like artistically like deep. Yeah, like things. Thing going on. Um, it's just like the most visible, and the show concept is kind of like, well, yeah, you have this most visible part, but there's so much more than that. Right. And there's so much like all of these people, like the rest of the ensemble, are doing some really exposed things and some really like technically demanding and visually demanding parts of the show. Mm-hmm. And I think it, like. I think it adds together to a really cool show. Um, I'm biased. <laughs> um, I don't know. Josh, you saw it. What was your... I really liked it. I'm glad I heard about it a lot before I took photos of it because yeah. basically the entire show, I was like, what do they want me to pay attention to? Yep. Great, I'm not paying attention to that. I'm yeah. going to look at everything else. <laughs> exactly. Um, and yeah. if I didn't have that like knowledge beforehand, I think I would have had my eye going straight to the soloist. Of course. Or to... like. Basically, my entire process for shooting that show is like, what do they want me to pay attention to? I'm yeah. not paying attention to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I would not have done that had I not had like the prior knowledge. But I really like it. I like it a lot. I love Ike Jackson as a designer. I really love his concepts. So it was really cool seeing that, um, not from a California group, honestly, yeah. but seeing that from yeah. an Indiana drum line. Like, you don't see that, you know? Yeah. So, and especially, it's just a more like mature show concept. Um, from last year, especially. Yeah. yeah. I love last year, uh, Veritas' show last year. It was a lot of fun. I saw that show like three or four times. And super fun show. And it's like crazy to see how much more just mature the production is this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rhythm X. Who's that? I've <laughs> never yeah. heard of them. Yeah. It's, they actually broke off Conexus. That's the X of Conexus. <laughs> I feel like that is the most Tony thing that you could say. Thank you. What happened to Rhythm A through W? They folded. (sighs) Okay. Back to it. (laughs) Rhythm X. Rhythm X is next. Yes. So this year's production for um, Rhythm X percussion is called Parabellum. Um, And when you you break it down to uh, the Latin terms of what Parabellum actually means, it means um, if you desire peace, prepare for war. Um, so that's that's kind of the route that we were we were trying to go this year from a, a design perspective, and um, you know it, it kind of came down to one of the big visual um, images that we used to kind of create the show this year. Um, for all you Harry Potter fans out there, um, there's a moment in the the final movie. I think is it Deathly Hallows Part Two? Or, uh, uh, it would be the final yeah. one. Yeah, Deathly yeah. Hallows Part One is. What we're thinking, yeah, so the hell is part one. It is in part one? Yeah. Okay. Um, but it goes through this little, this beautifully and just really, really well put together production talking about the three brothers. Oh, yeah. Which, the three oh. brothers, for all the Harry Potter fans, I apologize if I butcher this, but um, go through the story of three brothers, um, including how they get the Elder Wand, the Invisibility Cloak, and the Sorcerer's Stone. The resurrection. Um, the resurrection. Oh, sorry. Jeez, <laughs> Louise. Okay. Um, You're going to get the entire Harry Potter fandom against us. Yeah, all of the yeah. one Harry Potter fans that listen to our podcast. Um, I listen to our podcast, and I'm that one, and I guarantee there's at least one other. <laughs> <laughs> if anyway. you're a Harry Potter fan, I want you to send Graham hate mail. <laughs> Please don't. I, I already get enough of that. I don't need that. <laughs> um... So we, we kind of built it around that kind of storytelling, um, you know, and this year we have an auxiliary. And so we wanted to highlight five of those individuals, um, which in this case would be our five sisters. Um, and those five sisters have five different skill sets to help us prepare for war. 
Um, um, and those five sisters are strength, precision, wisdom, patience, and bravery. Um, all having their different or their own uh, skill sets to kind of prep the ensemble and take the ensemble through this journey. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm curious to see what you guys thought. Obviously, Josh well, works there. The show isn't... I think what's really interesting about that... Well, I think two things. One, your voice is Emma Watson. It's literally Emma Watson. Can neither confirm nor deny. What? That's pretty The cool. voice that is narrating the show may or may not be Emma Watson. <laughs> but, like, I think the most interesting, like, design part of that show is that it's... I, like, the subtitle on, like, the graphics and stuff is Prepare for War. Mm-hmm. And the whole show is just preparing for war. There's no battle. Mm-hmm. There's no anything else. It's just this, like, this slow build through the show of, like, getting ready... For, for war to happen. For a battle that you're never going to see. That you're never going to see. Yeah. And I think that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I think um, the thing that I liked about the show the most was that uh, for each of the five sisters, there were, like, skills showcased for each of each one of those. So, like, for the bravery one, like, the two, like, the top bases come out and do their thing. And I was like, oh, like, I see how that ties in. Like, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then for the, um, the precision one, I think, like, the marimbas are, like, splitting... Uh, some 16th notes, I was like, oh, like, I get it, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, so it's it's a fun show. Um, I'm excited to see where, you know, the design team kind of takes it to because, like, that that's the thing I love about being at Rhythmax is that it's never enough. Like, th- there's always... Like, there's always another way that we can continue to look at it, continue to to find ways to improve what we're doing. And I know that it's only going to continue to get better from here. And, you know, with... Uh, after this regional, we're going to have two rehearsal weekends in a row, so I'm excited to see where it goes. But. Let's talk about how cool MCM is and how cool they're... I love are. MCM. I love how much Graham loves MCM. They're Graham's favorite indoor group. Please, you do not put words in my mouth, sorry. <laughs> Music City Mystique is an artistically flawless ensemble. They put out such good books. Um... I don't actually follow percussion that much, but I know that Graham <laughs> really buys into the Rhythm X Music City Mystique rivalry, such that I thought he, they loved each other. Like what? I think there's so there's kind of a rivalry. Graham just left the room. Um, he might not be coming back. I think I think he, I I think this is it. Uh, Jeremy, you're now the third host on this podcast. Congratulations! Nice. I'm the new um, Graham. You can sign the lease next week. Um, <laughs> you're the new Graham. Um. <laughs> oh, Grammy, get back. You can be the new Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Pulls out XLR cable. <laughs> Help! <laughs> well, here we go. The final Independent World Group, MCM. Their show is Soul. I, I, I do have to say, I'm incredibly impressed with the way that they're, they're implementing lights this year. Because yeah. uh, I, I've seen so many times... Uh, groups biting off way, 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 way more than they can chew when it comes to lights and, um, you know, just providing a general effect. And I, I think that Mystique has really found a way to, um, this year more specifically, uh, to kind of combine those two things. Um, and then just like seeing their props and like seeing the gongs inside the props too was also a very, very cool effect. A very Mystique effect. <laughs> yeah, true. Mystic so. effect? Mystical Kind of going like on the audio side of their props, I think I'm not 100% certain, but to me it sounded like they were doing some live 
sampling and like live looping with the gongs too. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was super cool. Yeah. So they they really like their production, their audio production is bar none one of the best in the activity, both indoor and outdoor. Mm-hmm. Just they they find a way to. Um, you know, just really, really change the way that we look at audio engineering, I think. You know, I think that they've become kind of a golden standard in that, so. Yeah. It seems like, I guess, a continuation of last year where they were really experimenting experimenting with audio. Yeah. Um, I just, I only saw their show, like, twice last year, but I really enjoyed how they were just experimenting with how they can manipulate sound in the indoor activity. And this is a cool show. I know a lot of people in the ensemble because a lot of them march cadets, so it's cool yeah. seeing oh, them. Right. Kick ass, you know, with the group, so. I think, mm, I know Haley, as all, that might be all. Shout out to Haley Orvik. Shout out to Haley Orvik. What a gem. Wow. Wow. I think it's going to be a really, really good year. I'm, mm-hmm. it's always interesting. Percussion, I think, is one of the most dynamic, um, well, I, I, I do. I think I think it's one of the most dynamic portions of the activity, primarily because it's like, when you've got, uh, winter guards and stuff, they see each other, especially, I think, more often than percussion does because West Coast and East Coast slash Midwest don't see each other until the final week. Yeah. It's insane. Like, it's really, really cool. Um, you know, percussion sometimes, or not percussion, uh, color guard sometimes gets the opportunity to do that in Atlanta, like Atlanta this weekend. Juxtaposition went down there. Um, oh, really? And then Paramount was down there, obviously. So it's like, just fun, like it's easier to travel logistically with those kind of things when you're yeah. also not. Caring. They don't have a trailer of truck of they don't of have truck a, a trailer of truck. They don't have audio equipment. They don't have audio equipment. They don't have a trailer. Unless you're blue Oh my yeah. gosh! Live looping. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I, had, I had a friend. The guy who did the live looping is one of my good friends that I went to school right? with. Yeah, John Chung. Shout I out. Love him. <laughs> What a good show. That was a really, really good that show. That was such a yeah. fun show. Yeah. Jeremy, what are some of the best implementations of audio engineering in the activity to go along with some of the worst <laughs> examples? Ooh. Huh. Well, okay. One of the worst comes to mind. It's not like a specific group or anything, but it's just like when... Well, okay. I'll start off by saying, obviously, like everything in this activity is very opinion-based. Yeah. So... I'll say, like, in my opinion, when groups use or overuse, like, shotgun mics for whether it be at, like, DCI level, uh, BOA, whatever it might be, like, when those are overused, that... That's, like, miking the full ensemble? Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. The, the full horn line. Yeah. Say that louder for the people in the back. <laughs> yeah. And use the my... shotgun mics so that they can hear you. Sorry, that was... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's one of my least favorite things. Michael um, Martin is applauding right now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, favorite things though, kind of the, like what I mentioned with MCM, like using live, uh, effects, or I guess you mentioned earlier with the blue coats in 17 or no, sorry, blue knights in 17. Oh, blue knights. Yeah. With the mic'd up snare and that, uh, yeah. that effect, like those kind of things are, I think pretty innovative even at this point. And those are really cool to see. I think my least favorite thing that groups do is generic narrator voice. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for years to have a platform to rant about this on, and here I go. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he gave him a soapbox. <laughs> I just think it's so just... You'll have, like, a show that's about, like, Vikings or something, and you'll have, like, a generic white guy being like, 
Vikings are cool. <laughs> Vikings are scary. Like explaining it's like the whole. Dist- I, what is going on? Bum, like I don't want to hear a PBS documentary over a marching band show. You know, uh-huh. but like there are so many examples of like I know you. Just yeah, just get <laughs> no, not that one. But like I don't know. I just hate this like generic narrator voice. Yeah, two lovers on a park bench. That's a good one, though. They no, that's, live a, that's a really well-implemented one. Sorry. <laughs> but, like, you have members of the ensemble that can probably do a more, like, emotional right. performance live. of, like, narration, you know? Avon. This year. Avon. Yeah, yeah Avon. They did a really good job. They really used great. a member of the ensemble. I, that's great. Like, I literally didn't know that he was a performer in the ensemble until, like, I think it was, like, SMA State Finals. Uh, so I had seen the show, like, three or four times. And then I took a photo of him when he was talking, and I was like, this has been a live performer this whole time? <laughs> yeah, he, he killed it, honestly. Like, because you can tell he was, like, out of breath, because obviously yeah. he's, like, halfway through the show as a guard member, and he just, like, he killed it every time, so, yeah. <laughs> it's like, can you imagine some of these shows, though, with, like, great implementations of narrators? Yeah. Using, like, this very generic, just stiff voice. Yeah. Like, Carolina Crown 2013, it wouldn't be the same if they used, like, a super generic white guy voice. Yeah. It has to be emotive. And I, I mean, I will always advocate for live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, like, so in Boston in 17, it was like, that was sung live by someone who was in the card. She had the Elder oh, Wand. Yeah. She had the Elder Wand. <laughs> Another Harry Potter reference. Another Harry Potter reference. But, like, she literally, mid-show, stopped being, like, a member of the color guard and started becoming the vocal soloist and sing. And I think the only thing that was like pre-recorded was like at the end of the movement when it like really twists and like the, you can tell that the sound has been distorted at that point was like a non was like a, re- a recorded effect. But other than that, like it was incredible. Aubrey, yeah. she's also is marching inspire. Oh right really? Now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I got a good inspiring. photo of her. She's inspiring. Um, <laughs> And, but like, so good. Um, and like, the use of live audio, I think is. Cadets, 1718, Holy Voices. Very good. Rest in peace. Very good. Jeremy, what do you think about the new audio rule change for DCI? Um, the live loop. So, yeah, the ability to live loop. I think, I mean, I'm all for it, honestly. Like, I'm really excited to see what groups do with it. Um, I know, like, Plenty of people are like, oh, there's too much electronics in drum corps and whatnot. But it's okay, like, boomers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Sorry, it adds I had to say like, it. so much more that you can do to a show. Like, it's just so cool. And the thing with it, too, is that it's not like you're adding pre recorded, like, a beat track or something. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, it's looping, so it's all live, and it's going to be like the horn line that you just heard a second ago, yeah. or like whatever instrument. But yeah, I think it's going to be pretty cool. I would love to see, like, and I mentioned this before on, I think, we've talked about it before, but, like, someone like Christopher Bill on YouTube who does, Mm -hmm. like, like, he went viral uh, years ago for doing, like, a live looping of Happy. I just picture, like, a trombone person out there with a laptop, just like, (laughs) like, doing the entire part, and then a horn line comes back in. I just think that'd be really, really cool. I I, I agree. I'm I'm just excited to the the road that the activity is going to take with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you can chuck on the entire horn line. Yeah. That's the only instance, (laughs) is when you're going to live loop the entire horn line. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That would be wild. 
Like Imagine Blue that. Coats, this is for you. <laughs> Live loop the entire horn line. Oof. I mean, really though, they'd be the first group to do it. Oh, they would. It would yeah. be so sick though. Like well, I just picture that. Like I can't picture it. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. I think you gotta take the loop of the drumline first. And then the drumline just becomes a visual ensemble. Like for the, next, for like the rest of the loop. <laughs> oh my god. Um, they just play like two measures and they're like, okay, we're good. Yeah. They're like, we did, yeah, we did this like two measure loop with this eight measure loop or whatever it may be. And then now the horn line's looping. And then now we have it's, soloists. It's vocal and instrumental. So I, I, I hope someone that uses this, like uses this to do like, um, for those, you guys have seen Tarzan, right? Mm-hmm. The, uh, Oh yeah. But like, <laughs> Can you imagine if someone like just started with like doing that and just like hitting random things and then like it became that's the show yeah, yeah. that's that the intro cool. yeah Ooh, like or ideas. like if the blue coats did it it'd be a show about a car wash because each each like section would come through like a car wash do their part and then they would just like <laughs> that's it that's the show that's the show yeah blue coats twenty twenty car wash car wash. <laughs> Oh Wild. Gosh. Damn, I'm going to get fired for revealing the show this early. <laughs> so, Jeremy, I guess one of our favorite things, and I guess you don't have to tell any stories if you don't want to, but we've all told a million funny and embarrassing stories from when we were marching or working in the activity. Do you have, what is like your most embarrassing story as a member <laughs> or like just like the funniest thing that happened to you as a member that you're like, that could only happen in this activity. Huh. I'm sure, like, people that I've marched with would definitely, like, remember better than I would. <laughs> like, if I tried to just, like, forget about something. Yeah. Um, um, I guess it's not, like, super embarrassing, but, like, in uh, spring training, when we would get on the bus, because the Colts have, like, three or four different spring training sites, so they would change every week. Um, but like my legs would always lock up cause I <laughs> didn't like, drink didn't, enough water. Yeah, definitely that. And also just cause like, I got super long legs. So like I didn't have much room on the bus. Dude, it's the worst. Yeah. So like getting off the bus, like I remember one housing site, like, like I almost couldn't walk. Like <laughs> I had to like hold myself up from like the bus seats, like to like shimmy my way to the front of the bus and like make my way down the stairs somehow. And, like, try to get my suitcase and get into the school. You would just be cramped or you'd get, like, Charlie horses? Yeah, it would be, like, really bad cramps, like, on my, uh, like, in my legs. I got Charlie horses all the time in 17. I would wake up in the middle of the night on the bus screaming. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I didn't (laughs) usually scream. I just picture Tony screaming, just, oh. (laughs) (laughs) With my bass voice. I just, like, I wake up, oh. (laughs) Um, No, but, so I slept, um, I... So I had, um, someone would always sleep on the ground underneath me. It was Matt Wood. I, I love Matt Wood. And I sat on the aisle seat. And I always sat in a way that, so I'm like leaning back and then my, I would put like my shins up against the seat in front of me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like basically a cannonball. And this is how <laughs> I slept on the bus. That just sounds miserable. That was the best I could I, do. I've definitely done that, like, on, on the tour bus. Just, like, sometimes oh, yeah. it's comfortable, yeah. Sometimes it's comfortable. It doesn't usually stay comfortable, mm-hmm. but it could be comfortable for long enough for me to fall asleep. And, and that's all you need. And that's all you yeah. need. <laughs> Except that, like, it becomes uncomfortable after you fall asleep. You're just asleep. And then you get Charlie horses and you wake up from them. And, and you scream. 
Yeah, and I, remember, I I think I remember at least one time, like, so you wake up with this, and, like, the immediate reaction is to, like, stand up, stretch out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Matt Wood is sleeping underneath me. <laughs> <laughs> like, his, his legs took my foot space, which is, like, part of the reason that my feet were off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but why did... Why don't you just, you know, Stand turn in between? Like, because sleep like this in the other seat. And <laughs> like the what? You had two seats to work with, Tony. No, but my seat partner I was on the aisle seat, and my seat partner still sat in his seat. Oh. Oh, I thought you meant like your seat partner was the one laying on <laughs> no, the No, no, so he were sat across the aisle from me. Then why don't you just like put your feet across the aisle? Because he sat on the window seat across the aisle and then James Maniscalco was oh directly gosh. across from me. So what you're saying is that you just were the victim of a very unfortunate yeah. situation. Yeah, so like, <laughs> the, like the four uns- people in our row, yeah, Matt was like the like the furthest left and he slept on the ground all the way across. And then, or like the first, the left three seats. And then James took the, the, the two seats on the left side of the aisle. And then I was on the right side, on the passenger side, and was the window, or sorry, was the aisle. And then uh, Tuba Tom was my seat partner. And sat against the window. First name Tuba, last name Tom. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we also had a baritone Tom, so he became Tuba Tom and baritone Tom became baritone Tom. Why not baritone? Because uh, that is not what Aaron wanted. Aaron, the visual caption head. Aaron Bailey. He gave everyone nicknames. Everyone had to ha- Not everyone had to have a nickname. But if there were two people in the ensemble with the same first name, they were assigned nicknames on week one of spring training. What was yours? Chippewa. Yeah, we, you told us the story. Yeah. So I went to Central Michigan University. Aaron oh. Bailey went to Western Michigan University. Um, the, yeah, uh, not the mascot of Central Michigan University, but the nickname is uh, the Chippewas, the Central Michigan University Chippewas. So Aaron Bailey decided, because he went to my rival school, that I was just going to be called Chippewa. <laughs> Did that, like, stick the whole summer? Yes. That is what I was referred to... By the entire visual staff. Oh man, um, and some like members of the core that didn't know me on a personal level. I was just I was just Chippewa. Um, so like there'd be guard members who would come up to me and like have never talked to me before, and they're like, "I don't know your name, but they call you Chippewa," <laughs> and I'm like, y- "Yes, my name's Tony." <laughs> That's funny. It was great. I was like, "No, you Chippewa," <laughs> <laughs> but. God damn it. Sorry. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> Broke it. Um, but yeah, so you, like, do you, uh, going back to you, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> after this very long After this really long tangent. This whole podcast. This whole really. podcast is just tangents. <laughs> just tangents, yeah. Um, I, I just hear, so I've heard, like, glimpses of stories about, like, you and the entire base section at Veritas. <laughs> um... And I guess I don't want to get you fired because you now teach at Veritas. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Um, that'd be nice. <laughs> but I hear, like, I've heard some of these stories, and I know that there's always, there's these just, like, weird stories that can only happen in an activity with these kind of people. <laughs> That's probably true, yeah. I'm very curious what stories that you've heard. I just, I so I remember, like, I, I was, I walked up at the section talking one day, and it was either you or someone else that's marching this year was talking about like, oh yeah, so I had your dirty underwear in the back of my car <laughs> in the back of my car for like six weeks. And I'm like, did you just like 
like completely change, including underwear, in the back of someone's car? And the answer, of course, was yes. Yeah, I remember when you when you came up for that conversation. Yeah, um, a lot of the times uh, last year we would stay at one of the members' houses, uh, Brooks, uh, who's still a member this year, um, and because he had a pretty big place, and there were ten of us last year. Um, but just oh, yeah. like yeah, just like in indoor weekends, like things just like go everywhere, I guess. So <laughs> like. I think at some point, one of the other bass drums just, like, left or forgot their underwear at his place, and, like, he grabbed it and, like, threw it in his trunk or something like that. And then they stay there. Yeah, and then they stay there for, like, a while. (laughs) Can't confirm. Trunk life stays there. (laughs) Yeah. I've got so much stuff in my trunk. I had, like, my... I worked with Starbucks for a while. I just had my aprons in the trunk, and even after I quit... I didn't take them out. They just stayed there. Oh, they're still there? No, they're out now. I finally, like, over a year after I left. You you took them out, like, two weeks ago then? Yeah. Okay. It was very recent. But, like, once you leave stuff in your trunk, they, it just stays there. It's like, permanent. you don't get rid of it. It's a home. Because <laughs> yeah. it's it's so easy to avoid your trunk, I feel. <laughs> you just don't have to see it. And you don't have to see it for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I have enough, enough other people in my car that I worry a little bit about my back seats. Mm-hmm. But my trunk is... Fair game for stuff collection. See, my car is small and nobody wants to sit in the back seats in the first place. So it enables me to just put stuff in the back seats and not worry about it. <laughs> it's okay, they can't get in your passenger seat anyway. Yeah, because Tony ripped the door handle off. <laughs> <laughs> At least I didn't rip off the door to our entire complex. I didn't. I told you I didn't. But you Is that why there's me. no handle on the front door? There's no handle no, on the that front door. No, that was not me. Graham no. pulled it off. <laughs> it's literally not. Graham, like, temporarily pulled the couch man out of me and just, like, yeeted this handle. <laughs> literally um, none of that is true, Jeremy, but it's okay. So Graham also put a raccoon in our apartment. Gra- yes! Gra- <laughs> he took a wild raccoon and he put it in our upstairs storage unit. This is also not true. <laughs> Graham also caused coronavirus. And hey, is now I'm actually offended. Stop it. <laughs> I love Corona. <laughs> Vi- not the virus. No, <laughs> just just the <laughs> what is your worst tick of your life? Worst tick? Um, I never tick. No, just kidding. That's false. <laughs> Jeremy Otto has never ticked <laughs> no. ever. Rule number nine. Benji's going to come at me for saying that. <laughs> um, I will enable him to do that. <laughs> I guess... One of the, like, worst ones was my drum falling off, or falling off one of the hooks during a show, twice, because I was <laughs> overhyping, because it was the Allentown show, and that was, like, my home show, kind of. So, yeah, like, two different points of the show, like, I was definitely overhyping, and one of the hooks, or the basement just, like, fell off one of the hooks, and was like, whoop. That kind of sucked, but... <laughs> wild. That's wild. Do you have a good recovery, at least? Um, I like to think that I did, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. One of them was just, like, right at the end of the movement, so it's just, like, nobody's moving on the field, and I'm just, like... Casually putting this bass drum back on. Yeah. They they had a situation uh, at Matrix in 2013 for Cupboard. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the first weekend at MIPA Champion... Or not MIPA. Oh, OIPA. Sorry. OIPA. Ooh, uh, OIPA Championships, where they had put in the paint, or the, the pancake batter. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, Mike, uh, I always forget how to 
say his last name. Paul Polonarkis. Polonarkis. Oh, Polonarkis. Yeah, he went to Purdue actually. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's a really really good guy. Um, but was marching base five, and they started throwing paint at the end of the show, and like the video's on YouTube, but you just like see him just take one wrong step and just clap, just oh. smack the ground, <laughs> ate it, like, and then ends up standing up and like hitting the last note, and then Rob <laughs> Ferguson after the show was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, and the first thing Mike says is don't take it out. <laughs> so that's funny. Why is audio engineering important in the marching arts? Ooh, um, I guess I kind of mentioned this before, but I'd say audio engineering is important in the marching arts because it adds like another layer of performance, uh, like another layer, like musical texture, um, another layer of design that you could do. Um, so yeah, it's nice. I'd say that's why it's important. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Why are bass drums important to the activity? The bass drums are cool. I think that's all you need. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that. the, that's the answer I was looking for, honestly. <laughs> bass drums are cool. What was it like having ten bass drums <laughs> last year? It was wild, honestly. Like it was it was a lot of fun. It was definitely the most like unique thing I've ever done in the marching arts. Um but yeah, it was pretty crazy. Like it was a little weird at times just because Obviously, being there being ten of us, like we had way fewer notes, like each individually. Um, but yeah, just getting the opportunity to do that and having people be like, "What? You guys have ten bass drums? Like that was pretty cool." Was it all different sizes, or were some like doubled up? Uh, so they were two identical bass lines, like same tuning, same oh, okay. sizes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like gonna be blown away if it was like a different pitch for every like a single. It's like an eighteen to thirty-two individual. The world would have collapsed. How many bass drums is too big? Many bass drums though. Like, I think ten is a good number. Arguably, yeah. could I, you go to twenty? I, I will safely I, say ten is too many. Yeah, <laughs> I think anything above like seven is. Because X did it in fifteen too. Yeah, did ten? They did seven. Seven. Yeah. See, seven is like. High, but acceptable. Yeah. Could you hypothetically, though, do an entire chromatic scale up and down the full range of, like... So, I guess at that point, zero, so... Or, like, eight eight bass drums, like, like one for each note type One for each... I'm talking, like, multiple octaves, too, though, so, like... (laughs) No. So, like, at that point, you hit, like, the physical constraints of the bass drum, (laughs) that, like... Like, how high you could... How high, like, like... At some point, you're gonna have a six-inch bass drum, and <laughs> and at some point, that and, head and that's will gonna snap. And <laughs> the head's gonna snap, but also like it's gonna be that's smaller than like the quads, like the but lowest. Could it be done? The I'm lowest not, tenor drum is still. I'm not still, asking like, about whether it's like realistic or whether it should be. Done, if you want someone carrying around a like forty-four-inch bass drum, maybe. Um, Jeremy, if people on the internet want to find you on Instagram or Twitter or wherever you may be, where can they find you? On Instagram, you can find me at base.broncos.boilers, and on Twitter, I am at Jeremy0214. Graham, I missed when you sang our outro. Bring it there, skip it a bow. Goodbye, everybody! Eh, goodbye. <laughs> Bye forever. <laughs> Jeremy, do you want to say goodbye? <laughs> goodbye.
Hey everyone, thanks for listening to another episode of PSA. This podcast is produced by Josh Clements, Graham Hopkins, and Tony McCracken, edited by Tony McCracken, and our wonderful music is produced by Chase Bartholomew. You can find us on Twitter at PSA underscore podcast or on Instagram at Pretty Stack Podcast. You can also email us at prettystackpodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't already, go check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash prettystackpodcast. For the low price of $5 a month, you'll get access to bonus content, such as the second part of our interview with Will Buto from last week's episode. And lastly, if you like this episode or any of our episodes, please leave us a review and share this podcast with a friend or a family member or even someone you march with. Your support is what keeps us going, and we couldn't do this without you. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.